Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the Kettlecast, I talk about the Hawks' 127-135 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks and look ahead to their game Friday night against the Detroit Pistons. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks went into Wednesday night showing off a new home court, some new jerseys, and hopefully trying to get the bad taste of an awful road trip out of their mouth. They played a really wonderful first half of basketball, but a disastrous third quarter really put the Hawks in a hole that they were unable to overcome against the Bucks. Some of the top performers in this game, Giannis Antetokounmpo was incredible. He played 30 minutes, was 12 of 17 from the floor, 1 of 6 from three-pointer. There was a point in the third quarter where the Hawks were not guarding Giannis at the three-point line at all. Um, Vince Carter was the defender on him and, and on this possession and just was five feet away from Giannis and daring him to shoot a three-pointer and Giannis stood there and he knocked down a three sort of defiantly and then the next time down the court uh, the Hawks played the same style of defense on Giannis and he took the shot and bricked it he was one of six from three-point land those shots from three were really the only thing he missed Um, and he was just incredible he was defended most of the night by Jabari Parker um, and also Vince Carter uh, which were interesting Choices for the Hawks, I thought for sure that DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish would get a little bit of time defending the MVP, but really, Coach Pierce stuck with Jabari Parker, of course, Giannis's longtime teammate in Milwaukee, um, and Jabari did a fine job defending him, at least challenging Giannis, and uh, I saw something where a Chicago writer was saying that Giannis was tentative attacking Jabari when Jabari was with the Bulls last season. And it seemed that, at least at the beginning of the game, that Giannis had a little bit of hesitancy going right at Jabari. And I don't know if that's just they've practiced so much together so Jabari knows what Giannis is trying to do. Or uh, Jabari is a a thick power forward, and so for Giannis to have to go up against that, I guess that's a little bit of a uh, difficulty. But, I mean, Giannis is the MVP for a reason. There are a couple of just magnificent plays from him. He's able to... Just get to the rim when you think he stopped in the paint. Um, and he was able to get his 33 points and game high plus 17 plus minus really with uh, with a little bit of ease. And honestly, I thought he could have had some more points. It looked like he was trying to get some assists at certain points during the third quarter. But um, Giannis just had a, a really good game. And it's easy to see why uh, he's just morphed into the the MVP. It's incredible to see a kid from Greece who when he came over from Greece didn't know what a smoothie was, uh, is turned into this just monster basketball player who's really dedicated, super strong. No one can stay in front of him, and everything but that three-point shot was working for him last night. The other highlight for the Bucks was Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Bledsoe is their starting point guard. Um, he was 8 of 17, 3 of 6 from 3, and also had 5 assists. And honestly, he was just a thorn in the Hawks' side. Bledsoe normally isn't super demonstrative as a point guard. He's a a really physical guard, as I said in the preview. But he can sometimes let the game get away from him, and that was not the case here in Atlanta. He was very much going after 
whoever was guarding him. The Hawks didn't have Trey guarding him at the beginning of the game. Cam Reddish drew the primary assignment. And it's always funny to me that these huge basketball players will uh, do whatever they have to do to get a foul call because um, Cam Reddish stayed in front of Bledsoe pretty well, but Bledsoe was able to get a couple foul calls where he just ran into Cam Reddish, and you'd think Cam was the strongest guy in the world by the way that Bledsoe bounced off of him. But Bledsoe really made every shot at the end of the game. He he did, is prone to foul trouble, and he had four fouls going into the fourth quarter. But any time that the Hawks got close, he knocked down a three or he was getting to the free throw line. Um, and both those players just really powered this Bucks team to this, vic- to this victory, especially a game where the Hawks led at halftime 61-58. to um, Coming out of the gates, the Hawks' rookies were playing really well. Both Hunter and Cam Reddish had good first quarters and ones where they hit three-pointers. Um, Hunter, we can get into the fledgling focus a little early in this one just because Hunter and Cam Reddish had such wonderful games. DeAndre Hunter probably had his best game as a Hawk. He had 27 points, was 3 of 3 from three-point land, and 8 of 9 on his free throws. Uh, He just continues to start figuring it out um, at the NBA level. He was very aggressive shooting, which is something that I want to see from DeAndre. He's so strong, and he's able to get anywhere on the court, but he seems to be very deliberate. It's like he's still processing the game and um, getting his body to move at the same rate as he's processing it or um, actually like not thinking about the game as much and just doing what comes naturally uh, are not quite in sync. And then Cam Reddish, ever since the second half of the Clippers game, has been playing really well, and he had 17 points. He was also 3 of 3 from three-point land. He was 2 of 4 from the free-throw line um, and 6 of 10 overall. He had a great game and was really aggressive shooting the three-ball. He even had one that was called off, I think, because he stepped out of bounds. But um, they were running plays for Cam. I think the first play the Hawks ran on the offensive side of the ball of the game was a uh, play to get him the ball in the paint just to make a little floater. But he's looking a lot more confident. He's a little more under control. I know Coach Pierce is focused on just slowing the game down a little bit for Cam and um, also challenging Cam just to be the player who the Hawks drafted. So to see both uh, Hunter and Reddish play really well in a game against the Bucks was, was really good to see, and to have both play well in the same game is good. It's going to be consistency for them now. Of course, we've, we're only less than 20 games into the season, they need to be able to have good games back-to-back. But for one game, both players looked really like the players that the Hawks thought they drafted. Finally, Bruno was one of the few Hawks with a positive plus-minus in this game. Bruno only played 13 minutes, but he was plus 10, 2 of 4 from the field, um, and had a rebound. But Bruno brought a little bit of the, the old Bruno energy and the Hawks are still trying to figure out what their front court rotation is going to be without John Collins in the mix. Um, and there's been a little bit of playing some centers next to each other, whether it be Jones and Bruno or Alex Lynn and Bruno. But Bruno does a good job switching, which is kind of surprising from the center position. But he's able to uh, match up on wing defender, uh, wing offensive players. A little bit better than even I thought, and I hope to see him get more than 13 minutes going forward. 
one of the lowlights going from Bruno is Alex Lynn. Alex Lynn played less than 10 minutes. He had a missed dunk, which was just brutal, off of an awesome pass from Trey Young. And he just never got going in this game against the Bucks. I don't know if it was a combination of having centers who aren't staying down low, both Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez hit threes in this game, and um, will anchor the defense on one side of the ball and then are happy to stay out and be on the three-point line and the offensive side of the ball. But Alex Lynn did not look comfortable. Um, and Trey Young didn't have his best game. He was able to salvage it on the offensive side of the ball by getting to the free throw line uh, 10 times, and he made eight of those. But he was only eight of 22 from the game for the game and one of five from three-point land. His three-point shot was really not falling. Um, he was the only Hawk besides Hunter to be over 20 points. He had 25 points. But Trey just has to carry such a heavy load on the offensive side of the ball. He has now done this a couple times in a row where he has one possession. He just gets caught in the air in the paint, has nowhere to go with the ball. And instead of just kind of eating the turnover, he has a live ball turnover that turns into easy points for the other team. But when these other other teams' defenses are focusing so much on shutting down Trey Young, um, it's got to open up some shots for the other guys. And maybe what we saw from Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter are a little bit of how that's going to happen for the rest of this season. But um, it was not Trey's best game. Um, he was frustrated. He got a technical, and Coach Pierce got a technical at the same time. Um, the ref refing was a real interesting in stadium. There was a couple of ref you suck chants, um, and not just one, but multiple um, but there was a couple times this disastrous third quarter. The Hawks went into the second half with the lead, and they came out of the third quarter down 13. It was just a combination of the Bucks playing really well and making 8 of 11 shots and the Hawks only going 2 of 10 from the field. But also there were a couple moments in the third quarter where it felt like the Hawks were getting a little bit of momentum, um, and it would just get sucked away, whether it be – Giannis looking like he traveled, everyone in the stadium thinking he traveled, and instead he gets to go to the free throw line, um, and or the Hawks getting an offensive foul or having an alley-oop not go in, and it just was kind of mind-boggling in the stadium to see that. Uh, it just felt like every time the Hawks put themselves in any sort of chance to win or to compete in that third quarter, it was just the air was sucked out of the stadium, and um the Bucks started that third quarter on a 14 to one run. The Hawks had their own little 10 to 0 run, and then the Bucks finished the game, finished the quarter on a 13 and three run. Um, so it just kind of like took a game that was really fun. Everybody, the new court looks fantastic. I really like the peach and black that they did on the court, and the jerseys look really good. The peach on black is something that I wasn't sure about. But I think they did a really good job. It's cool to see Peachtree on the front of the jerseys. And also they have kind of like a, a racing stripe on the side, two stripes, and it looks really, really sharp. Um, and so it was super exciting in that first quarter. It was back and forth. The Hawks were able to get this lead. And uh, what really hurt is like right before the end of the half, Kyle Korver cut a six-point lead to a three-point lead. Um and you knew Kyle Korver was going to get his three-point shot going at some point. And t- uh, 
Trey was able to get a foul call and, and get some points back. But after playing so well that first half, the Hawks couldn't even hold it for the third quarter. And um, the fourth quarter went a lot of the same as that third quarter with the uh, Bucks pushing the lead all the way up to 19 points at one point. But the Hawks put a little bit of a press on that worked really well in the middle of the fourth. They had a defensive unit in with Bembry, Cam Reddish, Jabari Parker, and the press, the trapping press worked surprisingly well so much so that uh, Bud, who had taken Giannis out of the game and sort of shut him down, had to reinsert Giannis into the game. But uh, that run wasn't enough for the Hawks to get back into it. There was uh, a point where a Bucks player missed two consecutive free throws, which meant that the entire stadium got Chick-fil-A, free Chick-fil-A cards for uh, for a sandwich whenever they want to use that card, and uh, the crowd erupted. But um, after the Hawks played such a wonderful first half to see it kind of get evaporated instantly, it kind of felt like a lot of this game started on that Western Conference, that Western Coast trip, where the Hawks would get down by so much at the beginning of the game that it's hard to get dig out of. The third quarter felt like a little bit of a throwback to that where the Hawks had, you know, been so close and had a lead, then it was instantly vaporized, and um, suddenly they're down by double digits. But uh, there are a lot of positive to take from this game, mostly the two rookies performing as well as they did, and seeing if Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter can continue that in Detroit tonight is something I'll be look for, looking forward to, um, and also seeing if Trey Young can have a bounce-back game. But the Hawks were not able to... Uh, get back into the game as much as the press helped the Giannis getting back in sort of settle that down but a 127 to 135 loss to the Bucks isn't something to be as disappointed in as I had been by some of their previous efforts against the Lakers and the Clippers so um, it was a rough game a game especially that it looked like the Hawks were going to be able to really compete in and one that they were not able to close out but I think one that there are some positive really things that this team can grow on and especially I know Cam Reddish was really trying to get out of this funk where he has not been very good on the offensive end and I think it's easy to or it's difficult to see what benefit he brings on the defensive end it doesn't stand out as much especially when he'll have a steal and then he'll dribble it off his foot and turn it right back over but Cam's been very strong on the defensive end and to see his offensive side um, sort of get back to or get towards that level was uh, really, really positive to see. Getting into this game against the Detroit Pistons, the Pistons aren't playing particularly good basketball either. They're coming into this game having lost five games in a row, the last one being an 89-109 to loss to the Chicago Bulls. The Hawks beat the Pistons in Detroit to start this season, but the Pistons did not have Blake Griffin, so it'll be a different task. And, of course, this time the Hawks don't have Kevin Herter or John Collins. Um, Derek Rose did light up the Hawks in that game and he'll be coming off the bench for the, the Pistons so how the Hawks front court is able to contain Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond and then how the Hawks bench plays against Derek Rose those are really going to be the deciders of the game it'll be again what I want to see is the rookies to have back-to-back good games if they can do that and the Hawks can come out with the win that'd be a great result for this game for the Hawks up in Detroit. (music) 
I want to thank you for catching this episode of the Kettlecast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. You can leave a rating or review for the Kettlecast. That means a lot to me, and go Hawks!